play the first Coast to Coast Pick 5, featuring a sequence from Gulfstream Park in Florida and Santa Anita Park in California every Saturday and Sunday. Both the $1 minimum and 15% takeout are very player-friendly. Players can bet on track or online, usually listed as a separate track in your ADW. Just look for Coast to Coast Pick 5 in the drop-down. If you play on First Bet or Express Bet, you can get a free $10 bet on the Coast to Coast Pick 5 on select days to participate. Do not forget to register for the promotion. Get the Pick 5 sequence, expert analysis, free pass performances, and more at InTheMoneyPodcast.com slash coast. And be sure to check the podcast we'll be doing every Saturday and Sunday for this new special bet. That URL once again in the moneypodcast.com slash coast. Also, be sure to check out our new ever-evolving harness racing content. In addition to first over with the award-winning Edison Hatter, we also have the new Harness Players podcast with fan favorites Ray Codolo and Mike Prebozzi, covering all the latest and greatest in harness racing. Hello and welcome to our first Coast to Coast Pick 5 show for Saturday, April 1st, Florida Derby Day. April Fool's Day, too. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornatel, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker once again and joined by a man who's been, uh, he's been traveling and he's been talking. And man, I I've I was thinking next week was going to be the crazy break all records reception for his uh, eponymous plus one podcast but he but he went one better and he, and he did it this week with uh, all the attention that's going on about the amazing uh episode he did with mike repoli i'm sure he's very proud of the excellent work he did there he is of course jonathan kinchin what's up jk uh ptf what's the word i've, I've never heard repoli but i'll, I'll give you i'll get, let you get in off the goal why do i say, why do i do that consistently i consistently do that repoli i think it's because you i think it's because you you know I don't know. The same reason people call you Forna, I guess the opposite of like, cause your last name should be Fornitali. So then you're like, well, let me go ahead and try to say this other person's Italian last name correctly. Oh, that's pretty funny. That's almost Alcibiades bad, but it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. In all seriousness though, uh, you've been surprised by this reception. The guy did an amazing job. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. Like, I mean, obviously it was fun to catch up about his horses and stuff and to talk about that. It's also fun to talk to, uh, you know, someone who sold a business for, you know, a billion dollars is kind of fun too. Just like talking about body armor and, and, and smart water and all of that. And just hearing, hearing those things. I mean, the guy's been on damn shark tank for crying out loud. So that was kind of like fun to, 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 to do a little bit, but also just like, as I've gotten to know Mike, to know the way his brain works and like, you know, we all say it and we all, and I am that way and you are and Craig Burnick is and Pat Cummings and Marshall Graham and, and Sean Borman and Mike Maloney and the Matisses. It's like, there's this, it, the answer when the answer is, Oh, cause that's not how we've done it is like <laughs> very unacceptable to all of us. It's really unacceptable to him. Like that's like, he just doesn't get that at all. Even if you're talking about like random things, he's like, well, why not? Well, because yep. you know, the racetracks won't do it. Then why don't we buy a racetrack? Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so this Play is a phenomenal point. Yeah, and so it was fun to just you know hear him make a lot of points, uh, you know, and 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 
and not unfairly call out people, but just say the same things that we all feel. It's like, there's no governing body. There's a bunch of individuals worried about themselves in this game. There's you know, no unity. Uh, you know, we, we zig, we zig and zig at the same time when we should be zigging and zagging, you know, we, we've got two big races going off at the same time when all you need is an Excel sheet and a, and a high five to solve that problem. Um, and it's like, he, he just kind of points out a lot of the things. And, And the one thing that I think is inspiring and encouraging about, about what Mike is screaming at the top of the, of his lungs is like. There's a, there's a couple of people that can scream and carry on, you know, Pat Cummings can make all these phenomenal points, but at the end of the day, he he's relying on other people to execute those ideas. Mike actually is in a position where he can execute some of those own ideas on his own. You know, I mean, I, you know, it's you, you, the, the start, the sky's the limit. I mean, I don't know how much Equibase would call cost, but I'm sure Mike <laughs> could afford it or could at least raise the money to do it buy it and then make data free, which is something we've been talking about, right? It's like, there's these things that could happen that he actually could do. So when you hear him talking about some of these ideas, it's a little bit exciting. It's fascinating. And he was great, by the way, when he was on with uh, Billy and Michelle too, but you you got a more uh, unplugged version in, in the best possible way. I really think everybody needs to listen to that. And then well, just wait till next week for another show that everybody's going to have to listen oof. to. So in fairness, you know, the, I think that the, 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 what, I, what I feel very confident in is that like with Cart Talk and with JK Plus One, the, the way that they're built, the way that they, they're built, it allows people to go down that path, right? The way that Billy and Michelle show is OwnerBox, it's really more of an educational piece about the ownership side of the game um, to, to get people to be more familiar with the decisions and the ideas that come behind ownership. So a lot of their conversation with Mike was in that arena about him being an owner. And although I did talk about Uncle Mo and stuff like that, like the Uncle Mo question I asked them, I was like, I didn't even really ask him a lot about Uncle Mo. I just said, in your businesses, what was your Uncle Mo moment? Like, what was your what was your breakout moment? Because if that's if Uncle Mo was your breakout moment in racing, like what was it in business? And he actually flipped the whole thing on me and said that his Uncle Mo wasn't his moment. It was going 0 for 37 at Saratoga was his moment yeah. um, is when he turned it. And that's what he said about business. It's the first five years of under of body armor losing money and being threatened by Gatorade. And, and then that was the moment. And so I, I thought that was fun and interesting. And so, and then, yeah, to, to your point, um, you know, coming back to back with heat, uh, Pete, you sat there in the room with me when we did the two hours of Angel Cordero, and it felt like it was 15 minutes and it was two hours. I've listened to it twice since, and I, I, so I've I've heard it three times, and I can't stop laughing at all of the, <laughs> the things he said. <laughs> all Cordero, of them. man, I can't wait. And that one, new territory for you, doing it with video. How's that? Uh, how's that progressing? Do you think you'll try to get a little cute and drop in some videos and such, or are you going to keep it more straightforward, Pete? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I, one thing, you know, we production meeting in the middle of the show. I don't want to get in a territory where we get into copyright stuff where, like, you know, YouTube gets mad at me because I use a video that we don't have the rights to use. That's a fair point. I don't know if that stuff is public. I don't know if, you know, 1978 yeah. races are public domain or not. I don't know. Yeah, and I, so I, there's a chance I might just let it live, and then if people want to pause it and go watch the race themselves, they can. 
Yeah, we could put. Um, we'll see. We could also pop the link in the show notes. You know, you right, could say, right, you, you right, can right. make it real easy for people too. That that might be an interesting, uh, an interesting cheat in that regard. All right, we this is good stuff, and we could do a whole show. We could do a whole show about the making of you know a, a what do they call it on you know they do this with Marvel and they do this with uh, with Star Wars where they do the making of documentaries. You could certainly do that about this series of JK Plus One. But we are here today to talk about this Florida Derby Day. Cross country pick five. We've got a ton of other content. There's going to be some more stuff uh, free with me and Naomi and Nick talking about Arkansas Derby, Gulfstream Park, Oaks, and Florida Derby. Then Nick and I behind the paywall on Plus are going to do a quick thing on every stake on um, Florida Derby Day. So there's loads more coverage coming your way. But uh, we're going to kick things off here with um, th- this uh, pick five sequence. It starts with race 12 at Gulfstream. Do you have that in front of you to confirm so I'm not making a, a fib? Uh, yeah, Oak, uh, the Gulfstream Park Oaks. Yep. Race okay, 12. the Gulfstream Park Oaks, which was one of the races we will also talk about with Naomi and Nick. Naomi down there for World Horse Racing, and Nick obviously covers it thoroughly. We've got this race for these three-year-old fillies. Return to the races of our pal, Darth Vader, who was so helpful uh, the last day. Will it be her, JK, or you want to go in a, in a different direction in this spot? No, I'm going to go in a different direction, and, and some people might call this a homer pick, but... Um... You know, for all you formulator nerds out there, you know, you like stats. Let me give you a stat. Uh, Jake Ballas and Black Type Thoroughbreds over the last few years have bought two uh, three-year-old fillies uh, prior to them winning any stakes races. Both of them ended up in the gate for uh, the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, and one of them lost a nose to a champion in Malathot with with, uh, with Pastor Champagne. And they're doing it again with Sacred Wish. Uh, but you'll see Swinbank stables in the mix too. My man Reagan Swinbank uh, is is he's I don't know if you know this, Pete, but he's he's always been a part of Black Type, but now he's going in full attack mode on his uh, on his own stable uh, that, that Jake and Maddie are going to be helping him him uh, organize. But uh, so you see Swinbank stables and Black Type thoroughbreds. This is what they've done. They get these horses, and you know they did it with Hidden Connection, um, and and they're they're doing it again. Uh, I think with Sacred Wish, if she stretches out. Right there, from a speed figure standpoint, she's meant to be uh, meant to be tough in here. Like it's the only horse you have to worry about is Miracle, and that's the only one other one I'll use. I'll use the five and the seven. I don't need atomically. I'm still not sure how good the Ford Gal was, and it feels like last time was the time with Darth Vader at forty six to one, and, and and she seems like one that might want a little bit slower. I mean, uh, you know, she, she didn't run particularly well when stamina has been taken into a, to, to, into account the Gasparilla going seven, she got hooked in a pace duel, got tired and fell apart. And then her two turn race going a mile and a 16th at Gulfstream, she got beat 11 as well. So it feels like when, when stamina comes into the mix, Darth Vader might not be um, good enough against a group like this. So just give me the five and the seven. I put sacred wish on top as well, you know, off that interesting barn and trainer switch. I do have questions about the distance, but just looking through the pedigree and how she's shaped in a races, I think she might be able to get home. And and I think she's going to be an all right price in here should be the fourth choice. I would imagine. And I think the market is going to question that stamina a little bit. Have you talked to um, Jake specifically about her ability to get the mile or are you more just like me taking it on faith based on how she's looked in the races and the pedigree? Well, I mean, I, I trust Jake and Maddie's eye when it comes to that situation, right? When you're evaluating whether or not a horse wants to go further, I trust their eye and I trust their 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 knowledge of pedigree. They would have never purchased this horse if they thought she was a sprinter. 
So if they think she'll stretch, and George Weaver, who I'm sure saw the tape and got to look at her, thought she would stretch, and George Weaver, who's galloped her and had her for not very long, but but he's had her. And if they all think she's going to stretch, then 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 who the hell am I to say no? Well, are you <laughs> sure? You know, I, I think she'll stretch. I was going to keep Darth Vader in the mix. I was just so impressed by the run last time. Definitely has that potential of being a last time was the time, but. You know, that day at Gulfstream, I mean, just looking at Timeform US data, they coded it as kinder to front runners and yet had the pace for the fractions uh, coded red throughout. And she still, you know, drew off to win by four. I mean, she was slowing down, but I just, I'm not going to get beat by her um, to start this pick five. And I was thinking of throwing in atomically um, as more of a backup in this spot with this being the second start of the season. And her having a pedigree, I thought, would, you know, more ground would potentially be her friend going from the seven to the mile and a 16th. So a couple of different approaches there, but you and I are both, we do have the same horse on top in Sacred Wish. Let's move to California for the second race in the sequence. It's there. No, we're going to stay, we're, we're going to stay at goal. We're going to stay at Goldstream race 13. Okay, I, put, I put these races in the wrong order, didn't I? The Appleton, so it's, yeah. it's race 13. The Appleton, and this is a race where, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're on turf here at the stakes level, and I had a couple of ideas, and I'll, I'll go first in this one. I thought Steady On was very likely to get a great stalking trip in this spot, and I think we'll be very pleased to see Noah Manuel signed on here. I also wanted the five Fort Washington as a very good finisher in a race that appears to have plenty of pace signed on. And then my goofy idea that I'll run a backup line through at least if a big price, which I think we will get, is number 12, Dreams of Tomorrow. Not crazy off that last big run, really. Uh, you know, the post is extremely difficult. But if this could be a drop-in and finish kind of situation, fall apart, I'm not leaving this horse out at 15 or, or 20 to 1. And we'll be able to get a sense of what this horse will be from looking at the double pool before race 12 starts. So 6 and 5 on the top line, 12 on the back line for me. JK, what do you like? Yeah, I, I mean, I had that one. Your twelve is a B, a B horse. I mean, a majority of what I'm feeling here is kind of a, a is in the middle of this race. Um, I want to have the four, five, and six as A horses. And and here's the situation with that is when you start getting to these, you know, we, we always joke about New York and the paces. We don't really know what's going to happen. I think some of these big days, big owners, big trainers, big riders. I think those are the races where the paces become the most um, unpredictable. And the reason I think that that is, is because, you know, it's like even talking to Angel the other day for, for two hours, it's like these riders are aware of what's going on around them. It's human nature that you're not going to, to do things that are detrimental to your horse and to your, 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 your counterparts, people that you might ride for. And so you never really know what's going to happen with these paces because these riders especially with this day of, of social media we talked about uh, in, in the episode with Richie and everyone as well is like, I, I just don't think that they're as willing at the highest level to take a lot of chances of being criticized for making obvious egregious mistakes and getting hooked in a, ba a pace duel is an obvious egregious mistake. That's why I feel like paces are so unpredictable in these big races. So with that said, while I love striker the four, and I think that this horse has the ability from a pace figure standpoint to make the lead and to wire them. I also think that Stryker has an opportunity to get hooked with a horse like Steady On or win from within and make the race fall apart. Because I think Stryker ran well last time, 
if the scenario ends up where Striker gets loose, I need to have Striker. So I'm going to use Striker as an A horse. If Striker gets hooked, then I have to have Fort Washington. But the same way I feel about Striker, I don't have to have Fort Washington if they're going to go 50 to the half, which we all know is extremely possible despite how much pace is signed on for. So this is one of those scenarios where I don't have to take a stand on what's going to happen. I'm going to cover scenarios that could happen. I'm going to use Striker. I'm going to use Fort Washington. I'm going to use Steady On, and I feel like I have the best speed. I have the best closer, and I have the best stalker. So no matter what happens when they turn for home, I should be drawing live. I'll use those three as A horses. I'll use the one and the 12 as B. Now we will head out to uh, Santa Anita for the next race in this sequence, which is race number six. It is a $10,000 claiming event. We're going five and a half on the dirt. And JK, we'll keep it with you. That's a funny name, the one Cat Bernay, Sapphire Cat out of Sauve Blanc. Um, wrong color wine, but I, I get the idea. <laughs> I see what they did there. Um, you know, this is one of those situations going five and a half in Santa Anita. Back in the day before one of my first, my first uh, NHC, um, when I was like hyper-focused on it being important and me wanting to do well in it, I, um, I, I did this like situation where I really studied Santa Anita's different distances of like, which one was like uh, speed favoring and I, and which one was, was closer favoring and, you know, and what type of horses, what type of races, the most speed favoring races at Santa Anita are five and a half on the dirt and seven on the dirt. Speed horses win those races. Closers actually win six and a half on the dirt at Santa Anita, which is another opinion that I've always kind of talked about. So I was just looking for horses that had pace. And if there was one that stood out, I would single them, but they didn't. I'm going to use the one, the three, and the six. I felt like one of those three horses would be able to win this race. I think the six is the best horse. I just didn't like the style. So I couldn't single that type of horse in this situation. Um, but I think the one and the three uh, feel like, you know, the three, another one, I think is probably the one of the second best horse has shown speed in other races, but doesn't do it all the time. And then the one who I think drawn on the inside will show speed. It, it, there's not a lot of speed in this race for a five and a half dirt sprint which made it a little bit hard so i just went with the three best horses because typically in a paceless scenario uh the best horses win we are reading each other's email here though i flipped the top two i went with midnight special thinking he'd just get a great forward sit and i think is likely to be able to out finish capernay though capernay will clearly be ahead i think um, at the first call, and that alone is enough to warrant inclusion, and, and definitely, you know, has that quick foot out of the gate as evidence from the the score in the the mixed breed race at Los Al the last time. And I did just want to back up with Box of Chocolates, who I could see getting absolutely no trip here from a little bit too far back. But I mean, the horse is on the drop and is the best closer, and might have enough speed to stay in touch. So yeah, I think we can lock this one up one, three, and six, and head back to. South Florida for the Florida Derby. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing you're similar to me in this spot, JK. I had Forte 10 points clear when I wrote up my ability figures for this race over for uh, the folks at attheraces.com. You can read that article if you want over there. I, I mean, I can tell you a story about Mage and maybe getting loose, etc. but I'm comfortable going 90% at least. Through Forte, how do you see it? You know, well, I mean, you know, look, I even before I spent two hours on the phone with Michael Poli, I 
I said leading into the last race that I thought Forte was head and toes above everyone else. And I thought that the only way he got beat, which I wasn't a subscriber of, but the only way he got beat is if he wasn't ready. If he wasn't, you know, cranked up enough is what, as, as they like to say. And he completely ran by that, that hypothesis of someone, if you did have that one, I didn't have it. Some other people did have it. And he completely blew by that opened up and, and just crushed that field with a not ideal trip either, right? Like not even one of those comfy, I'm the best horse in the race, front end wire to wire, Bob Baffert, California trips. It was one of those passing horses in between, getting at all these things. Took a so bump, ran wide, yeah. Now he's, he's the, the argument that he's not fit enough for this is completely out the window. And we've seen everyone else is really their best. I, 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 have, I wouldn't use... I would almost fight someone if they wanted to try to use another horse. And I had to, to like, if we were like doing a group ticket and someone was like, I want to use another horse. We, it could end in fisticuffs. Like I'm not <laughs> using another horse. Like I'm not using another horse. I am ice cold. If someone wins this race outside of Forte, I can't find them with logic. I can only find them with like hope in this, in this almost like detrimental contrarian view of the race like i i just if he loses i'm fine riding his back and if he loses then we lose i got no problem with that yeah i get it and and for the ticket that we put out there in the world i think he will be stone cold singled let's talk about the post for a second because even todd pletcher was sort of um making some noise about not liking it i just don't think it matters you know i mean when you have this much in hand and you look at this field assembled against him like I mean, what's it going to, I mean, is it going to cost him half a length? I, I just don't think that's going to matter. And, and and it might not even cost him half a length. Do you have any concerns at all about the post? Um, No, I mean, not, no, like th this post is bad. Okay. So think about, I know there's a stats. I don't even know what they are. Cause I don't really care that much, but not the stats about not. the 11 being not great. Well, you know, first of all, like, how many horses this talented have been in that position, that post position? That should matter. Don't tell me the 11 sucks when 30% of, of the horses that were in the 11 post were 12 to 1 or higher, right? Like that doesn't – I don't really care about that, right? I mean, uh, Big Brown won from the 12, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, it, it, I just don't care about that. Now – Here's what I will say, it, you know, and, and oh, yeah, I guess California Chrome got beat from out there against Arrogate, but he wasn't himself that day. So that doesn't count either. Forte is not the type of horse who's going to be forward and get hooked wide. So being in the 11 is not a problem. He's the type of horse that's going to, Irad can put him wherever he wants to put him. He's rateable. Irad trusts him. So he'll take back, tuck him in. He trusts him to get stuck in behind horses because he knows he'll handle it and get out of bad situations. So there's no reason why the 11 can be this problem. He's the best horse. And in fact, I like it more. Now I know he's not going to get trapped on the rail unless Irad goes down there. He's going to end up in the two or the three path. And he's, and he's better than these horses that if he gets hooked two and three path, three, you know, around both turns, he's, he's, he can lose that ground and he'll still beat them. Yeah. It's not like he's, He's got another horse in here that's four points away from him that can work out a beautiful trip, and then that's the difference. He has such a big edge he can overcome if he doesn't get a great trip. And the worst trip he can get from being in the 11 post is a wide one, which is not bad. I'd rather the best horse not get stopped. I, I, yeah, can, I, mean, I can really care less that he's in the 11. 
he'll probably win three wide, three wide. I would agree. I mean, if because it's also we're not. I mean, it could be different if it's an iron rail. Like, yeah, then maybe it could get him beat. But that's just not the Gulfstream track. I mean, we see it once in a while, but it's not what we've been seeing usually. But even if it is an iron rail, at that point in such a big race, there will be so much made of it. And because Irad trusts him and because he's drawn way out there, Irad will pop him out of there and drop over to the rail and be on the rail for the first turn and be on the rail on the backside. And then at that point, it doesn't matter because he spent the first half of the race on the rail and he'll beat any of these horses now finishing wide. Now, if he ends up three wide, three wide, and some horse gets on the rail and wide, I mean, sure. I mean, it could happen, but I'm not, I'm not betting the race designing you know, a 2% chance of something happening. I do give a little bit more respect to Mage than you, just because I thought that was a, a, a subtly, you know, terrible deal last time that the horse, that the horse got. And I just think he's, he's progressive and he's interesting. He's really the only one, any scenario I designed, the only horse I can really see beating him is Mage. So I'm not saying I would necessarily need to use in the pick five, but you know, at this stage, there might be a smart, there might be a smart hedge to be done if I were sitting in the pick five dead single, at least just doing like one four eleven pop in the exacta or something like that. Um, so I am going to list mage as a C, but I really don't need for the pick five and am basically a hundred percent with everything that you are saying. And there's, I'm no not race. even sure. I'm not even sure. Like I'm not even a hundred percent sure mage like makes the lead. He might not. You know, he might sit behind. And he's got has fast figures. You look at Timeform US. There's one, two, three, four ish horses drawn outside of him that that can that can be in front of him if they want to. That's problematic for him. Then he he doesn't really have any doesn't have any any options with those horses. I mean, I'm, of course. I mean, as a seahorse, you know. Um, you know, if, if it's a seahorse, if you don't love your family, you don't care about wasting that money, then do your thing. That's not a problem. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Very funny. I am more, I'm le- I don't think he needs to lead necessarily. I mean, he's only had two starts. I do think he'll get the rail though. So if it's a good rail situation, I, he's a horse that I would want to keep on side. But again, not necessarily, you know, that's the thing. We don't talk about this enough on these shows. Like it's not just all about playing the, the pick five, you know, I mean, these are races you can play individually and not play the pick five at all, or you can play the pick five and you can look to come up with other smart ways to try to, uh, you know, use one play the head against the other, et cetera. And I will say this too, just because it was a topic. Another thing that the, the article uh, that was circulating yesterday that Craig Burnick first sent around about um, the AI article about the financial you know, time. Automated article, yeah. you know, this is well worth people looking at. If you haven't, you can find it in my Twitter or JK's Twitter. It was from Financial Times. I'm spacing on the author's name. But yeah, it was like, if you Google like AI horse racing article, Financial Times, you will find it. And maybe I'll try to pop the link in the in the show notes too. And the so the so the conversation that, that I had with Bernick on JK plus one, the conversation I had with Sean Borman um, on JK plus one, it's all about the computer automated wagering and how they're necessary because of their their liquid, but how the way that that, that the advantages they have in terms of their efficiency and wagering is we got to have those tools too, or, or, or they're going to, they're a problem for us. This is an example of that, like where I have, my brain has been conditioned that if you start getting defensive in spots where four to five shots like Forte are 90% to win, 
when Forte wins, you're now going to be upside down because all of that equity you used on a horse like Mage was the equity you needed on Forte to actually try to maximize this play. And, and, yeah, and it forces you into this. You cannot use them equally. You cannot use them two to one. You know, if you're going to use the horse, you got it. It's got to be like 10 to one. But again, I'm not even talking about using in the pick five necessarily. There's other things you can do outside of the pick five ecosystem. So you can preserve the equity you're talking about, Jonathan. But also, you know, if there's another scenario you like in the race and it's paying well enough, you can cover it as well and at least get out. All right. We are running very short on time, my friends. We're going to zip to Santa Anita for the grade two Royal Heroine. Phillies and mares, four-year-old and up one mile on the turf. I have a good feeling we're going to be live in this pick five to this point. So I'll ask you the key question. How are we going to get paid? Yeah, I had to spread in here. I've been chasing school dance. I think that horse has some talent drawn inside at Santa Anita. One of my favorite things, honey jar, who I thought actually is one of those types that could wire and trained by a guy in Michael McCarthy, who is going to stay out of his horse's ways when they have speed like this. He, he, he doesn't, he lets them run smooth, like straight, great example of a turf horse that he just let run. And, and that horse was, has been very, very, very uh, present on the turf scene for some time. Closing arguments. I needed closing into a slow pace and the debt, the same thing, closing into a slow pace. I need one through four. And uh, for all those get mad at me about the clocker report things, like I just, I don't know with a six um, seaside, like I, if this horse is working well and has B plus works, B works, I'm going to use. If the horse has B minus, C plus, needs one around here, one of those things, then I'll take the chance and fade the horse because the horse looks like maybe longer is better. So that that's just how I'm going to treat this race. So you do what you want with the six. Uh, I, I'm just going to wait to see um, how, how it looks. Sounds good. And we will be posting a ticket for this so you can get – you know, you can infer the answer to that question when you see what we pop up there. For me, I'd like to press. I don't disagree. It looks like every horse can win. But I was going to press Honey Jar. Great form. I thought would be able to clear these easily enough. Fits on the figures and, you know, love these connections. And closing remarks I thought was a must uh, use a little more than average. Meaningful trouble last time that I thought probably cost the race. And this is just a weaker field than what she's been facing. All right. We're going to cut this conversation short. Check out all our other content. JK and I will be back also for the Sunday Coast to Coast Pick 5 show. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos.